0: Hello I'm Father Ron Shibley founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church I welcome you to this revised podcast homily for Whit Sunday Pentecost Listeners may benefit from the companion AIC seasonal video series Trinity Tide the teaching season which is presented in 9 episodes each linked from the digital library page, with podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The series offers a brief history of the evolution of both Whit Sunday Pentecost and Trinity season, Anglican traditions of Whit Sunday and Trinity. Including the seasonal color and fasting traditions, plus commentary on the Collect, Epistle, and Gospel readings for Whit Sunday Pentecost, Trinity Sunday, and all 24 Sundays after Trinity, plus Sunday next before Advent in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. The Collect, Epistle, and Gospel readings for Whit Sunday Pentecost and also for Monday in Whitsuntide and Tuesday in Whitsuntide are discussed with examples of historic church art in Episode 1. For this podcast homily only, the new Other AIC Resources section, which usually appears at the end of each podcast homily, is incorporated into the actual text. What Sunday Pentecost is one of several Sundays or feast days for which there are more than one set of collect, epistle, and gospel readings in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. The most commonly used reading is the first set, including a For the Epistle text from Acts 2, verses 1 to 11, which is St. Luke's account of the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles gathered in the upper room at Jerusalem, as Jesus had instructed them to do, and John 14, verses 15 to 31, in which Jesus speaks of the sending of, quote, another comforter. I will refer to much of the text from Acts in the narrative that follows. But I will not discuss the gospel reading, referring you instead to episode 44 in the AIC Bible Study Video Series, New Testament Gospels. All the episodes in that series are being updated and upon completion will be available using links on the Bible Study page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. Whitsunday is the Anglican name for Pentecost from a Greek word meaning 50 days. In the 1928 Book of Common Prayer, the short season of Whitsuntide includes collects and readings for Whitsunday plus Monday and Tuesday in Whitsun week. The name is an English corruption of White Sunday which is how the feast was named in the Church of England before its separation from Rome in the 1530s. In the Anglican tradition, since the 1549 Book of Common Prayer, we celebrate it as a red day, the color of all feasts, both of the Holy Spirit and also of martyrs. Whether called Whit Sunday or Whitsuntide or by the name used by most other denominations, Pentecost, the feast is a birthday celebration of the Church Universal commemorating the day promised by Jesus in the Gospels of St. Luke and Luke 24, verse 49b and John 16, verses 12 and 13. People often ask why I nearly always say Holy Spirit instead of Holy Ghost. I do so because Holy Spirit is closer to the meaning in Koine Greek or New Testament Greek than Holy Ghost, which was introduced in the Church of England and perpetuated in the King James Version of the Bible published in 1611 A.D. The authors of the Book of Common Prayer use both names, but for most ceremonial occasions, such as the Collect for Today and the Consecration Prayer in the Canon of the Mass in the Holy Eucharist liturgy, spirit is the preferred word. In church music, the choice of Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost usually depends upon whether one syllable or two are required in the verse. In the AIC bookstore publication, the St. Chrysostom Hymnal, developed from the hymnal I prepared for my former parish, I increased the number of hymns about the Holy Spirit to 12 by adding songs from many Christian denominations. The added songs include Holy Spirit, Source of Gladness from the Lutheran tradition, Come Holy Ghost Whoever Won, the oldest Holy Spirit hymn, attributed to St. Ambrose of Milan in the early 5th century, and the 19th century Welsh hymn by Marcus Wells, Holy Spirit, Faithful Guide. Contrary to popular opinion in the modern church, the name Holy Spirit is not exclusive to the New Testament. The Spirit is referred to many times in the Old Testament including Psalm 51, verses 10a and 11b, which is used as the versicles and responses in Anglican morning prayer with the words, O God, make clean our hearts within us, and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. In the first expansion of the Nicene Creed, accomplished at the Second Ecumenical Council at Constantinople in 381 AD, the Church added a whole section on the Holy Spirit, in which the Spirit is called the Lord and Giver of Life, and which states that the Spirit spoke through the prophets. In his popular hymn mentioned earlier, Holy Spirit, Faithful Guide," Marcus Wells describes the Spirit with these phrases, Ever near the Christian side, ever present, truest friend, ever near thine aid to lend. One of the greats of the early church, St. Basil of Caesarea, in the 5th century, calls the Spirit the, quote, giver of life treasury of blessings, spirit of truth, spirit of wisdom and understanding, spirit of counsel and strength. In Luke 24, verse 49b, Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit, also called the Helper, the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth from the Greek paraclete, he promised that the apostles would be, quote, endued from power from on high. In John 16, verses 12 and 13, he promised that they would be guided to all truth by the Spirit. Today's For the Epistle reading is St. Luke's account of the descent of the Spirit found in Acts 2, verses 1 to 11. It is St. Luke's account of the descent of the Spirit upon the apostles and upon those who came from nearby and from far away. They came from nearly all the known places around the Mediterranean at the time. In John 14, verse 17b, Jesus says of the Spirit, He dwells with you and will be in you. And in John 14, verse 26b, He promised that, Jesus promised the apostles that the Holy Spirit would, quote, bring you to your remembrance of all things that I said unto you. The Christian understanding, it is that through the taking of the Holy Spirit into our hearts, our innermost being, we will Fulfill the promise made by Jesus in John 14, verse 23, If anyone love me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. How this indwelling happens through the sacrament of baptism was explained by St. Paul in Ephesians 2, elaborated upon in the Eastern Church by St. Gregory of Nyssa, in the fourth century and explained again in the western church by martin luther in the 15th century the traditional christian teaching as that is that this indwelling of the spirit in our hearts is the result of the grace of god saint paul said in ephesians 2 8 for by grace you have been saved through faith that not of yourselves It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. In the revised and expanded version of the AIC bookstore publication, Christian Spirituality, an Anglican Perspective, I elaborate upon the teachings of the great late 16th, early 17th century Anglican divine, the blessed Lancelot Andrews. Andrews, who was chaplain to Queen Elizabeth and then to her successor, King James I, wrote what I believe is the best explanation of the how the Holy Spirit operates in humanity and at the same time provides a guide to understanding the concept of the Holy Trinity. In the Andrews formula, all things come from the Father and come to us through the Son, and for us to receive them, we must be in the Spirit, meaning that we must have invited the Holy Spirit into our hearts and minds. Andrews further taught that in prayer, the opposite is true. To pray effectively, we must first have the Holy Spirit in us when we pray through the Son to the Father. For more on the traditional church understanding of the Holy Spirit, you may wish to read the entry of the same name in the AIC Bookstore publication Layman's Lexicon. All the AIC Bookstore Publications mentioned in this podcast homily are available using the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the homepage at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The first of two closing prayers is my own composition based upon the Nicene Creed and some early liturgies of the church. The second is the first of the two collects for Sunday Pentecost in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer, which Archbishop Cranmer adapted from the Gregorian sacramentary. O blessed Comforter, the Lord and Giver of life, who spake by the prophets, take up this day thine abode within us, individually and collectively, as worshipers and part of the family and household of God, and by thy grace enlighten us and strengthen us and endow us with wisdom all the days of our lives, in the name of the Father and of the Son, now and ever, and unto ages of ages. Amen. O God, who as at this time didst teach the hearts of thy faithful people by sending to them the light of thy Holy Spirit, grant us by the same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things and evermore to rejoice in his holy comfort through the merits of Christ Jesus our Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the same Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website, and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.